Let's go, Brandon! Hey, yo, Johan Yox. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another weekly dose of weird here on the Rambling Viking Podcast. Directly injected into your ear holes for maximum PDF genus. That's right. To keep your day and weekend PDFG. We got lots of exciting stuff today. It's been a fun week, uh, you know, talking a lot about sports. We're going to talk a little bit about sports today, but not necessarily about like sports. It's somebody who is in sports, but not really talking about the sports. Not to give too much away, but we're going to be an exciting show. Got a lot of good stuff for you. Um, first and foremost, friendly reminder that if you don't follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, then uh, what you doing? Don't be a Hanyak. Go follow the show. Keep up. Also, as uh, I said, I've, I've been talking about for the past couple weeks, Flaming Hot Mountain Dew. It is here. It has arrived. Uh, one of my cans was unfortunately damaged, but I was planning on drinking one of the cans, and so I will drink the damaged can. But with that being said, I am putting together an episode event video. I don't know what you want to call it. But something, I'm figuring out how am I going to taste and or drink slash chug this. And so I've asked for your suggestions. I've gotten a couple so far. One in the form of a message to the show saying that I should take a shot and then I should chug it. Another um, said, and this will you'll hear him, say, I think, say this on an, on an upcoming episode. My buddy Huey told me uh, the only way to do it is to just chug it. And uh, I had someone else say, take a sip, pause, review it, and then you take two to three big drinks and move on from that. And so, I mean, lots of options are on the table, but I want uh, to make it what the people want. So send in email, text, voice memo in your ideas or thoughts on how we should do this. And, And if we should couple it with something else, for example, I've thought about you know, maybe maybe I do that and I eat the world's hottest chip, you know, the ghost pepper chip, or uh, as I've mentioned before, do chip roulette with the Doritos where some are hot, some are not, and I, and I eat those and take drinks of this, or I could stick it, stay in that same vein of flaming hot, and I have to drink that whole thing and eat a whole bag of flaming hot Cheetos, not like the... F- like a medium sized bag, not like the rinky dink, not a freaking family size bag from Walmart, um, but just like a normal size uh, bag. I don't know what <laughs> what dimensions that is exactly, but let me know what you want to do. And I mean, we could do questions from the audience. And as I go, I, I answer. You know, you guys send in your questions ahead of time, and you know, I do my I do my review, and then you know, I, I drink and I eat. You know, eat eat some uh, hot Cheetos and I'm having to answer questions or, and it could be questions or prompts the whole time, either about myself, uh, the experience. And I, and I have to do it with no help, no water, no nothing, no stopping straight through and see how I can do it. Uh, Flaming hot Mountain Dew should be disgusting, but I'm excited for it. I'm curious as how, how spicy can a drink be? Has anyone ever had a spicy drink? And like, was it spicy in the same way that food is spicy where it kind of burns your mouth? I'm so curious, and it's carbonated too, and carbonation can feel like a, almost like a spiciness, so I don't know, I'm, I'm excited, I don't know when this is going to get done, when it's going to drop, when it's going to happen, but I do know it will be videoed, um, because let's, let's be real, if this was just audio, that would be pretty, 
pretty anticlimactic, pretty lackluster. So we're gonna we're gonna do it on video, and we'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, which I'll post it to the YouTube and Rumble and Facebook probably, and then if I can Instagram TV. Um, but I'll also rip the audio, and so you'll get the if you, if you just happen to listen, you'll get to listen to that. Even though I would, you know, that's definitely something you want to watch. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, and let me know what I should do or send in questions. Um, I think that's kind of what I'm leaning towards right now. I, I, it's either going to be like drink, like have to drink that and eat something very spicy, and get through like the whole bag and the whole can, and or it's going to be like taste it. And then chug it and let's see what happens afterwards. And because I, I got two cans, but one is because I'm going to try to be that guy that keeps it for 30 years and then sells it for like $1,000 or whatever, which I don't know if that's worth the investment of keeping track of a can for 30 years. You tell me. What do you think? How, how much does it have to be worth in, let's say, 25 to 30 years for it to be worth hanging on to something for 25 to 30 years. I get it could in theory be easy. Like if I have a gun safe and live in the same house and I just tuck it in the safe somewhere and it's there and it stays in good condition. But outside of that, like, I don't know. I just think about like having to keep track of it when I move, make sure it doesn't bust or get broken or something like that. And cause I also have these Russell Westbrook Mountain Dew cans and one of them busted a little bit. And, um, it's all gross, but, but they're still for the most part intact. It just got like poked or something or dropped. And so it had a little leak and it was, it was a nightmare, but, uh, let me know the, the, the great flame and hot mountain dew event. Uh, what should we even call it? The melt my face off event. I don't know, but if you want to be a part of it, you want to chime in with your two cents on what I should how I should go about doing this and what exactly it should be, please let me know. Either email the show, text the show, leave a voice memo. You can find all that as usual in the description. Go to the website and you can get a hold of us that way. I want to know your thoughts. And depending on what the people say, then uh, that, that'll dictate kind of what I do. So you could, you could con- have a control over the outcome here. But all right, that's the announcement. So now it's time to get into some stuff. If you haven't heard, there is now... A Harambe statue, seven foot tall, bronze, in front of the bull on Wall Street in New York City. And it is incredible. If you haven't seen this, go look it up. Of course, the link is always in the description, as is everything else. But it is so, and it, like, I, I remember when this happened. This happened maybe a week or two ago, and it was just like, mysterious Harambe statue shows up. And I was like, first of all, the fact that it was mysterious is, is amazing. And then when I actually went and looked up like the official article today, because we heard, okay, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. They not only did that, the company that erected this, they, I'll just read it. All right. So if you don't know who Harambe was, how dare you, uh, to quote Greta Thunberg, how dare you? So the gorilla, this was the viral video in 2016 in the Cincinnati Zoo where a kid fell into the gorilla enclosure and he kind of drug him around, wasn't harming him, but they killed him because they were worried about the boy. And even though he wasn't harming him, and so there was justice for Hanbe, he's become a meme and a legend in his own right. And uh, it's apparently was done by the founders of Sapien.network, a social networking platform and dedicated to putting the needs and welfare of human beings first. They also put thousands of bananas at the base of the charging bowl. And there's a picture in this article. And wow, like thousand. It's trudging through a field of bananas. But if there, if that was such a thing, like 
or a pile of bananas. It's like you tried to keep the bull out by putting up a barricade of bananas. That's what this is. And uh, they put thousands of bananas at the charging bull, which we eventually donated to a local food bank. Don't know about the sanitary aspect of that. I mean, it looks like they put down some type of tarp, so it's not just on the sidewalk. Either way, it's incredible. Um... Yep, they explained that. And then this was news to me, something I never heard. Elon Musk wrote a rap song for Harambe in 2019. I missed that. I will also, it's, the link is in the article, so if you just look through it, you'll see it and you can go listen to it. And then um, there was obviously the Justice for Harambe petition. I remember that. Uh, and then I think we all remember, too, that uh, 2% of Texans supported Harambe for president. That... He was a write-in on a lot of the presidential ballots, and it was incredible. So the co-founder said that uh, of this network that put up the statue said it's supposed to represent how Wall Street has gone <laughs> bananas. I love that people who are willing to make dad jokes have the kind of money and pull to do something like this. Like this is a dad joke of epic proportions. Okay, most dad jokes are reserved for. PTA meetings, kids' birthdays, you know, just everyday mundane tasks. And these people get to put it on blast on an international stage, get to drop their dad joke. We're putting Harambe and a bunch of bananas in the middle of Wall Street to show you that Wall Street has gone bananas. The literal pun is incredible. So, though the gorilla never acted aggressively towards the child, Harambe was shot by zookeepers who were fearful for the child's safety. Um, this is a, that's a quote from Sapien Network, and it goes on. For Batia and Giametti, the founders, the bronze statue of Harambe, contrasted with the bronze charging bull of Wall Street, represents the millions of everyday people who struggle under a system that enriches wealthy elites and leaves the average person behind. So, hmm, take with that what you will. I am for it, and I hope this Harambe statue is here to stay. I hope it's not a temporary, um, just flashpoint where it's like oh we did this cool stunt and they're like but take it down i I, because i right now the world needs more statues of heroes in the light of you know new york city taking down their thomas jefferson statue which this is not a political culture war episode so we're not gonna do it but um it's kind of one of those i told you so moments for everyone on the right who was like they're eventually gonna come for thomas jefferson and people were saying we're never coming for thomas jefferson and guess who they came for thomas jefferson but I digress. I promise that's all you get. All right, time to jump into some story time stuff. So go check out the Harambe statue. I now have a reason to go to New York. I'll say that. I, you know, in recent light with the vaccine passports, all that nonsense, and New York City just kind of becoming, New York and L.A. both actually subtly turning into escape from L.A. and escape from New York situations. I mean, just maybe 20 years prior to that whole um, where they're dystopian wastelands, prison states, basically. Uh, You know, it's crazy. I never thought I would get to this point because I never really wanted to live in either of those places. But you always want to visit and see them. And I've been in New York City once when I was uh, 12. And I don't know, looking at the state of things now, I'm like, I really have no desire, honestly. And maybe, maybe too, though, my media coverage that I'm seeing is, is not so bad, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I've seen some kooky stuff. I now have a reason to go there to check out, get a picture with my boy Harambe and eat a banana while doing so. 
Because at this point, I mean, I know those bananas are getting donated. I will go get my own banana and I will, I will pose while eating it with Harambe. And I will get one for Harambe in memory of Harambe and put it at the foot of that statue. And I think that's what we should all do to honor Harambe's memory. Rest in peace. King. I don't know what to call him. Harambe. All right, we got to move on. So story time. Last week, I told my crazy 7-Eleven interactions story where the lady, um, I don't, was attempted flirting or just, I think it was a trap. I think I went, to me, I heard the guy from Star Wars, it's a trap. That's what I heard. And not... And then that's how I took it. You know, she's, oh, can you lift me? And I'm like, excuse me, what's going on? I just want to get my chocolate milk and get out. Well, that reminded me, I was talking to that. I was talking about that with someone. And I was like, that reminded me of a great story. And Blake, if you ever listen to this, I would love to hear you tell it. If there's something that I, that I messed up about or messed up or missed, you know, from the story. But it reminded me of one of my uh, ex-roommates, hilarious stories and encounter so to give him credit where credit is due you have to be a special kind of like good looking for this to happen in my opinion and off off the pod connor and i talked about it and we agreed and i'm not that person and so this is totally foreign to me but this was this was wild right so my boy blake he's at the gas pump doing his thing and by the way, that's a funny thought on any time anyone just says doing his thing, doing my thing. Uh, I always do. I always picture people just standing there, just bebopping, like doing a little jig, like shoulder shimmy with their arms. Up. Like I don't know why. That's 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 doing my thing. Uh, I got to make a video about that or a little Instagram reel. But he's he's getting gas at the pump at like an on cue or something, and he's standing there and everything's going smoothly. Then all of a sudden, you know how the gas pumps have those intercoms, right? Where if it won't work or you have a problem or you have a question, you hit the button, it'll call the attendant and they can talk to you. It is, this is a, this is a, um, outside in approach, right? And these things are used or prompted via the person at the pump. And then the attendant, you know, I assume like an operator sees, oh, this pump has a question and they hit the button and they talk and say, how can I help you? What can I help you with? Um, or if they notice someone's overly confused, they could maybe initiate, but I mean, 99% of the time it is initiated by the person at the pump, the customer, right? Well, he's standing there and all of a sudden he hears, excuse me. And you know, for a second or two, he's like, what, what, where is this coming from? And then he quickly realizes it's coming from the gas pump, the, which is coming from the inside, the, the, the girl at the front desk. And she proceeds to ask him um, (laughs) for his number and then if he has a girlfriend. Yes. Excuse me. Hey, you're kind of cute. Can I get your number? Like, wait a minute. Hold on. I mean, that's crazy enough in and of itself. But when you have to think the process that happens for this to, to get to this point, we're at point D, right? To go from point A, from from this, from A to to like he's just getting gas to I'm asking him out through the gas pump through using the intercom on the gas pump incredible I mean he of course really politely declines tells her he has a girlfriend which he did and still does <laughs> goes about his day and then comes home and tells us about this and we just blown away first of all I mean my first reaction is that's just a different level of like 
attractive that I, I can't even comprehend and understand. Also, on her part, that's a different level of, uh, I guess I'll call it crazy, because here's what has to happen. I'm standing inside doing my thing, so, you know, bebopping back and forth, kind of almost like a boxer's stance, but more like a dance, okay? You know how boxers kind of bounce from foot to foot and have their hands up? But, like, if you were doing that in, like, a more whimsical dancing way, that's doing my thing. So anytime you hear that, now you can picture that. That's what some, that's, and that is what someone is doing when they say doing my thing. But you're inside, right? And people are coming and going. And I don't know, let's say this has a reasonable amount of pumps. Let's say it has 10, right? That's five in total because they're all double-sided. And so it's not, well, it's not one of those massive ones because it would be even more impressive or creepy if it was one of those massive ones. And you're at the pump, or, or sorry, you're at the, you're at the front desk, right? You're, you're watching. So maybe it's, maybe it's one of those where it's the, located in the center, and so it's not up against the, the, the front wall so you can kind of see out. That, that has to be the case. Um, and you're sitting there, and people are coming and going. I mean, people come inside. They pay for gas. They buy their cigarettes. They're getting some snacks. So you're doing that stuff. And maybe you're not that busy. But someone pulls up, and from outside, from 50 feet away, you look at that person and say, he's hot. I want me some of that. I want a slice of that cake. And <laughs> um, forget all these snacks in here. I want that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did someone say flaming Hot Cheetos or flaming Hot Dude? <laughs> Dang it. I almost had it. Uh, someone come up with a good uh, pun there. Um, but because, first of all, I'll be honest, half the time I'm at the gas station, I am looking rough. I'm not looking my best. It's either between things or I just, I, before I go somewhere later and do something, I'm getting gas or it's at the end of the day after the gym and, and, and nobody, it's kind of like Walmart, right? Everyone, we're going in there to get some stuff. Like I'm just trying to get gas, leave me alone. And to, to look out, see that. And from that far away, be like, yeah. I want a piece of that. What pump is that? Okay. Mm, now wait till he's right there and go. And now proceed to ask him out, ask him for his number. Whoa. I mean, hats off to her, but also at the same time, that's a different level of crazy that nobody needs to be messing with, okay? Um, or de- I guess, let's be nice. Not crazy. Extremely desperate. Terrifyingly desperate. Or he is that drop-dead gorgeous. And, which, I mean, could kind of be both. Look, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Blake's, Blake's a little bit of a pretty boy. In a good way, right? He's just, I don't know. He's got that look about him. And, uh, and good for him. Shout out to you, Blake, if you listen to this. But, yeah. So, that being said, I want this to continue on. I want to hear your crazy gas station stories, right? And... What, uh, if you have any, or if there's, because I, I feel like we all do. I mentioned this last week when I brought up my Seven Eleven story and then I thought of this story and then that even re that reaffirmed it even more that everyone has a crazy gas station story and I want to hear them, send them in, record them, record them as a voice memo. Or if you're too scared to talk, type them out, I'll read them for you and try and do my best impression of your voice. So if I maybe don't know you, feel free to put in a little, my voice is kind of high pitched. I'm a girl. I'm a boy. 
Um, I sound like Batman, whatever it is, okay? And I'll do my best. So Cinnamon, I want to hear your gas station stories. Next story was one that happened to me personally, and it was incredible. So let me... You know what? I'm going to tell the story, and then I'll back up with context, context because <laughs> this one is so interesting, and it's kind of tricky to tell. Um, I'll just say this. So my wife and I... We're like, hey, we're going to get breakfast somewhere this morning. We're, we had to run a couple errands, and it's like we're going to get some breakfast before we head out of town. Cool. And so I ask my wife, and then these next two statements are her. She responds, and then she pauses, and then she says thing, or not even really pauses. So so when you hear, so me, I say, okay, we're finishing our say, okay, where do you want to go get breakfast? And then these next two statements are her because I just started laughing. She goes, I said, where do you want to get breakfast? She says, white buffalo. Oh, man, I hope they have food. <laughs> and, and I just start dying laughing. I mean, I just lose it because is that because all I can think is, okay, I just we had planned breakfast, planned to figure out a place to go get food. Like this is our goal is food. So normally when you're talking food, you're talking places that serve food. And she says a place that, <laughs> and then proceeds to immediately think, Oh, crap. I hope they have food. They may not have food. Now, like I said, it seems ridiculous on its face, but once you understand the context, it makes sense. It's just that classic moment where I do this so much, right? You have a thought, and then you think something out loud in response to the silent thought you had. And so while while all when you have all the context, it makes sense about the train of thought, the people who are around you think it sounds kind of crazy, because they only have a, they only have two thirds or a third of the context, right? They missed a thought. It's the missing link. It's like if this was evolutionary, um, if this was the theory of evolution. Like this is that missing link between like human or between humans and apes. It's like that. It's that thought. That thought is your missing link. And if we had that, it would all make sense. And that's what we're about to have. So fortunately, fortunate for me, I knew I know I knew two things, right? Um, first of all, it was a place I didn't recognize, such as a chain, such as McDonald's, um, <laughs> like Wendy, like any of the fast food places, Denny's, IHOP, whatever. And so that tells me, okay, it's a local place, which then, and knowing my wife, she loves coffee shops. And half of the time for her, one time, a, a, a freaking uh, vanilla latte at 3 p.m. ruined her dinner. And like, I think she didn't eat the whole cupcake either she ate just a part of a cupcake and that ruined and she was like crap i'm i just ruined my dinner for like three hours from now which that's a different story about her little squirrel stomach but um so she loves her little coffee shops right and a lot of times coffee or a vanilla latte or something like that can fill her up well with me knowing that about this situation allowed me to do some sherlock holmesing and connect the dots here and say okay so it's, lo- so it's a local place that I don't know. It's probably a coffee shop, which means, yeah, a lot of times they have pastries, but maybe they ran out or just don't have any today. And so now that prompts the question, I hope they have food. Voila, mystery solved. Also, welcome to life with my wife. Uh, about half the thoughts get verbalized and the other half are internalized. So I've become pretty good at uh, deduction. And figuring things out like that, having to connect the dots. It kind of is like, have you ever looked at astronomy 
and they look at the constellations and they're like, this is this. And then you actually look at like they show you, you know, the outline and you look up and you actually look at like, okay, how many stars you know, because you think, like, connect the dots and it makes a picture like you did when you were a kid. But then when you actually look at the sky and you see, like, okay, this was more you kind of trying to fit this picture in the sky and then getting enough stars to where you're like, it lines up and makes this picture. It's like, no, 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 no. There had to be a lot of um, artistic expression on top of just these these stars in this arrangement. You don't just connect them and naturally it makes a giraffe. It makes this greek god it makes this person uh i mean the only one that really makes sense and because i well it's also the only one that i really even know off the top of my head but (laughs) because it is a simple thing it's like the it's orion's belt it's straight across (laughs) but what is a belt right a belt it's like it's like making a snake balloon animal okay you freaking just blow it up and voila (laughs) i got a snake (laughs) and same thing. It's you got your three or four stars and it go in a line and you're like, ah, that's a dude's belt. Mm, nailed it. And then the rest of the dude, eh, Orion, I could kind of get behind, but there's some other ones where it's like a freaking bear or, a, or, or, a, you know, fighting an octopus. And you look at it and you're like, okay, how many, if I were to make this on a connect the dot sheets, you know, maybe a hundred dots a piece, depending on how specific you want to get. And I look at this and I'm like, okay, some of these you're just connecting to make this picture. They don't naturally make this picture. And I don't know, to me, it's kind of like beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? Like you see what you want to see. It's some abstract art. And, you know, I, I look at a cloud and I see a bear attacking a fox and you see, um, you see a happy couple having a picnic, but it's the same cloud, you know, and it's just different perspectives, I guess. But, um, I'm clearly not into the whole, um, astronomy thing and that's, that's just me. But, uh, yeah, do, do you think, I, I think it, they're a little bit, we impose certain images a little bit. We like, we try to make it work a little too much. It's like, you know, it's like how a lot of people want to do science nowadays where they say, you know, here's my conclusion. Now, how can I make the data, me included, by the way, sometimes, you know, fit my conclusion? It's like we, our minds are made up. And so we're just looking for justification as we live in our beautiful, wonderfully decorated echo chamber. You know, we got posters up on the wall. We're, we're here for the long haul. We're not moving. <laughs> but yeah, that's my uh, that's my that's my funny stories. That was story time. Where do you want to get breakfast? Why Buffalo? Man, I hope they have breakfast. Like it just made me think about in that situation, obviously there, I explained the context. So it makes a little bit sense, a little bit of sense. But what if it was just like, you had to say the first thing that came to mind and it was a crap shoot breakfast, like breakfast roulette, mealtime roulette. Here we go. New game. Okay. So if someone asks you where you want to go eat now, I feel like most time that question comes across food immediately comes to mind, but there's that off chance that you say home Depot or <laughs> you say the post office uh, I hope you don't say the post office. That, that's weird. Or, I mean, you just say something totally random and it's just like, crap, they don't have food. Ugh. Well, I guess we're going. And it's like, well, you said you wanted to go there. So we're going there. We'll see if we can scrounge anything up. Otherwise, you might be eating some envelopes or some <laughs> it it fits it ships boxes because we'll, we'll, we'll just have to we'll have to soak the cardboard a little bit to loosen it up, make it so it's not. Um, so it's a little bit more chewy, you know, kind of like we'll make a, we'll, we'll chop it up into bits and it'll be cardboard oats, um, cardboard oats or squares, you know, put some cinnamon on it, 
pour some milk, bada bing, bada boom. Maybe add some chocolate to it to try and flavor it up, but that's your meal, big bud. So uh, just be careful what you say. Be ready. Or play this game. <laughs> but, but that's just the way my brain works. And you may not think that's funny at all, but to me it's just like if you didn't know the context behind it, it almost just sounds like, all right, um, where do you want to get food? And they just shout like pure instincts, just something in the first place that comes to mind, not even necessarily food related, or you just shout something you're looking at and you're like, Oh crud, I hope they have food. Like, I don't know. You just have to name a place. It's almost like, okay, close your eyes. We're going to play pin the, pin the lunch on the map. And wherever you put your pin, we hope there's a place there. We will choose the new, choose the nearest business to that pin and hope that they have food. Cause that's basically what we're playing. But I think that'd be a fun game. All right. Then, yeah, as you can tell, I'm doing segments today, right? I broke it up. I don't know. I found this new, I was just like, ah, I just wanted to organize them a little bit. So tell me how you feel if you like this format. It's the weekly dose of weird though. So there's real, no, there's no real format that we necessarily go with. And we're already at half an hour. So I don't know what I'm going to have to cut out, what I'm not going to. And then, all right, fun observations from this week. Ate at Chili's for the first time in I don't know how long. Um, not to say that Chili's isn't palatable, and um, if anyone who you know went to Chili's there, or if that was your decision, uh, I'm not hating on you or hating on that decision. I was fine with it. I think uh, Chili's is good, and I had a great time. You know, it just it's not one of those places you necessar- necessarily seek out. But also, act- actually, after looking at the menu, I realized it's actually not too bad of an option. They have you know they've had the two for twenty five, and it's like you get an appetizer, two entrees, and a dessert. It's actually a pretty good deal. So, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at that, trying to figure things out. Well, they also, I'm looking on their menu and the Chili's, Chili's has the three for 10. Yeah. Three items, 10 bucks. It's your meal. And that's what I think what everyone at the table ended up doing. And my wife and I even did a little pro hacking, uh, menu hacking to, to make it work. And, uh, but then so you say, oh, wow, that's a great deal. Then you look at, you know, it's like, okay, what are my, what are my options? Appetizer, entree, and, you know, whatever, or a side? Not quite. You get a drink. That's your, that's your one item, a soft drink. And if you wanted to, say, upgrade to a margarita, it's five bucks, which I think if you go on the right time of day during the week, um, on the right day and the right time, sometime during the week, they have like $5 house marks. So I don't know how much cheaper that is. It's maybe saving you a couple bucks, but maybe not. And then that's when I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't, this isn't quite a two for 10. And then you get a bowl of soup, cup of cup of soup and like a side salad for, and then you get your entree. And so really it's like a two for 10, um, plus drink, drink included in that because I saw that and I was like, okay, Chili's not quite. That's like, we're doing some constellation work here. Okay. We're really, you know, don't you see this picture? This is, this is Moby Dick in the stars. And it's like you used five stars and then just drew Moby Dick around and had the five stars in somewhere throughout the, <laughs> picked five random stars throughout the whale and put it up in the sky and said, and then now you go out there and you try and point it out and people are like, yeah, I can't see that at all. I need, I need that app, right? Same thing here. It's like three for 10. That's great. What's my first thing? A drink. Excuse you. Oh, okay. Chili's. Well, if you're doing the three for 10, first of all, pro tip, don't get water because you're paying technically paying for a drink. Okay. 
So just be mindful of that. I wouldn't get water, even if you get like an unsweet tea or something like that. Just get something not water. Uh, and then if you're like me, you know, we talked about sometimes my wife has a bit of a squirrel stomach and, you know, sometimes she gets really, really hungry, but then she eats a few bites and it's like, I'm full. And so we were kind of in a place where she was like, I'm not super, duper hungry. And I was like, two, three for tens is clearly too much. The two for 25, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it also probably too much, but we both agreed we wanted some fried pickles. So here's our hack, right? If you find yourself it will. And then she went, after looking at the menu, she decided I want, uh, she wanted like soup or something. And I was like, okay. And then I found an entree though that I wanted on the three for 10. So I was like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get the three for 10. And then one of us gets three for 10. Here's what we order. The other one gets uh, fried pickles. We split that. And between the two of us, that is a meal. And now, I mean, really that's a two for like a, because the fried pickles are like eight or nine bucks, uh, maybe seven or eight. I don't know. And then, you know, that meal is 10. So 20 bucks and we're really getting the two for slightly under 20 instead of the two for 25. And uh, I'm going to trademark that the two for slightly under 20. That is, that's going to be my trademark. And it's going to be that exactly. Uh, I'm not going to, not going to shorten that up or catchphrase that because I want to be as accurate as possible and as truthful as possible. I want to sell you. I want to shoot you straight. All right. I want to be an honest salesman here. So that's what we did. And it worked out great. And that's what I would recommend you do. But chilies, not quite okay like you you're you're trying and i mean what are we gonna say next time three for ten you get a a, you get a a side cup of soup an entree and you get an extra ranch because let's be real people charging like a quarter and 50 cents for these little half cups of ranch that they only fill up halfway and their sauces look it's one thing if you have your special sauce that's 60 cents or whatever because you mix it. First of all, we all know you just buy in bulk from Sam's. You mix up the bull crap in a giant 10-gallon bucket or something or a vat. And and then you put in these itty-bitty cups and you charge a quarter a pop. And it's like it probably costs you 20 bucks to make, I don't know, that 10 gallons or something like that. And you're charging and that 10 gallons is going to last you how long or be how many thousands of those little tiny cups and you're going to charge even if you charge just a quarter a pop like you're turning a profit on your freaking ranch and i mean some places i guess they go through a lot of ranch or whatever go through a lot of sauce like i mean chick-fil-a how when you order online it's like you only get two and that's because you know people are getting eight and ten sauces and they only use like one or two and or they drown their food in chick-fil-a sauce which at that point you have a problem go to the doctor because that is too much all right you, would you like some food with that side of with with a side of food with that Chick Fil A sauce? Exactly. So, you know, keeping it in perspective. But when you go some places, it's like they you know naturally will give you one ranch, and you're like, okay, cool. And then they give you, <laughs> but then and you're like, can I have one more? That'll be fifty cents per ranch. And I'm like, what in the what in tar? What is this like, Granny's Kitchen? Did I talk about this on the podcast? I don't think I. Did did I talk about Granny's Chicken Kitchen? What day would that have been? Friday? Ah, I don't think I did. Unless I, I can't remember. Um. Well, yeah, it's like Granny's Kitchen charging you three fifty nine for a crappy ten ounce glass of chocolate milk that I don't even like. It was brown like chocolate milk, but it did not taste chocolatey like chocolate milk. 
garbage. Um, Granny's Kitchen, though, is great. Don't get me wrong. Five out of five stars. Just don't get the chocolate milk because it's highway robbery. And that's what we're doing here. So uh, sorry, Chili's, but not quite. All right. You're trying to, I mean, they're trying to build out these tools and, and tips. So there, there, there's my pro tip. And now not to say there's a perfect way or a right way to do everything. And not everything is an exact uh, equation. And I think that's true. I mean, especially when you look at like Christianity, I mean, that's always a big conversation where, where it's like tools, where it's like, here's how to do something, but also at the same time, you don't want to be too rigid with it, you know, and particularly in the evangelical world, we're always talking about like, um, you know, sharing your faith and ministering to people, witnessing and, and trying to share the gospel. And, um, you know, we had a pretty good conversation in, uh, in our class at church the other day with some people, they were like, you know, growing up, it felt like here is your X, Y, Z, like your quadratic formula for like sharing the gospel. You use this, it will be a hundred percent successful. And I'm just like, yes and no. Like, I think those, there are, there's, there's a fine line between useful tools and then full blown, like multi-level marketing. Okay. And for me, and, and you have to be very, very, very careful. And I don't know if you've ever talked to a Mormon, but they they blow right through that line. I mean, it, it's one thing to be like, yeah, no, here's some helpful like tools and, and ways to simplify your message while at the same time being able to tell your authentic story and, and be authentic about it and let them know that like, hey, there's not necessarily a, a tried and true outside of, you know, sticking to you know, keeping in line with the Bible and, and, and the hard truths, you know, like Jesus died for your sins, that sort of thing. And not talking about bending that, but as far as maybe exactly how you present the message is not a perfect science. Well, Mormons don't really care about that. They, uh, they, they go full out. I mean, every chart graph, everything. And it's just like, before you know it, it's like, all right, look, here's our multi-level marketing salvation. You can do, <laughs> all right. If you start, you're going to start, you got to pray every day. Right. But if you, but then within the first 30 days, if you sign up three people, then you only have to pray once a week. And then you're getting your residual salvation from those other people. And then if you get six, if you get 10 people under you in the first 90 days, guess what? No more mandatory prayers throughout the week. You only have to come to, is it church? What is, what is, what is, what do the Mormons do on whatever day they do it? You don't have to go to church. Um, or you only have to go go once a week and attend one service. And then you're, but then once you get up to 20 people, that's when your residual salvation, you start to be, see payoffs, right? And you, you're not even going to have to tithe anymore. And then next thing you know it, once you get to 100 people, that's when you get your planet. That's when we start talking about, you know, you, you get a small moon, and then 250 people, you can get a planet. And, I'm, and you're just like, hold on, what are we, are we... Are you trying to convert me to a religion or am I signing up for some kind of health supplement? I don't know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> this is reminiscent of the time I was on a plane to Chile and it got delayed by an hour and a half. And uh, I idiotically was like, there's some Mormons on here and they're sitting near us. I'm curious as a Christian. I'm curious because, you know, we hear they're sort of the, they look at us as we're the we look at each other the same. We say, ah, I agree with, you know, the core, a big chunk of your message. But then you're just slightly off. We say you added some stuff that is kind of totally wacko. And they say, you forgot about this stuff, this extra stuff that came way, you know, like 1,800 years later or something crazy like that. So <laughs> agree to disagree, if you will. But yeah, it was wild. And so if you, if you haven't ever talked to a Mormon, just 
don't do it in a, in a place where you're confined and you know, you're four hours into a 10 hour flight because once they start going, there's no stopping. And I mean, you're going to have every single chart, every single graphic you could think of. And it's just like, Oh my gosh. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy, but all that to be said, I mean, that is, that is really what convinced me about Mormonism. So if you just follow the link in the description, we could get you signed up today. And if you sign up today, look, your initial investment, all right, is, is you're going to have to do an hour of prayer time. And then your tithe is you're going to have to do that tithe, that first 10% up front. But like I talked about earlier, <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. I'm not a Mormon. I haven't converted to Mormonism. Uh, that's just a funny thought I had and kind of worked that out and thought about that bit. So uh, there you go. That's that segment. Rate my bit. Was that funny? Did you enjoy it? Also, along with gas station stories, have you ever talked to a Mormon? And did you um, did you see a similar experience? Uh, and I'm sure, and honestly, within Christianity, there's plenty of those too, where it's just like it's just like turn page, turn key. Uh, here's here's the materials you say this. You follow follow the script, stick to the script, but. I don't know. The Mormons, at least when I've talked to them, the ones that I've talked to have taken it to another level, and it was wild. So, all right. We are going long today, and but I'm, I'm riding that lightning. You know, normally I've kept these between 20 and 30 minutes. We're at 40. I set forward what I wanted to talk about today, and I've talked about how, I have, how I've been adding more notes than I've been covering. And so the undead notes, which I haven't done in a few weeks, is only that's going to get longer and longer and longer. So um, the, your weekly dose of weird maybe up a little bit. I'm up in your dosage here to help get through because I realize I'm not just having to get you through the weekend because you may not be into my Monday, Monday and Wednesdays, but most of the week is football right now. And so I'm figuring out maybe potentially how to change that. What do you think of my posting schedule right now? Um, I'm going to have to up your dosage of weird to get you to last that full week and, and power through those football, especially if you don't, if you're not a listener of those, because you're not getting any dose of weird and we want to make sure this lasts the full week. Okay. We want to keep you Claritin clear. All right. We want to keep you PDFG. And so that's why we're up in it at least today. And I think I might up the frequency, maybe do this twice a week and maybe shift it. Do, let me know what you think of this, right? Do a Monday, Friday, start off your week, end your week. And then do a Wednesday is just all sports. We'll just do all sports. It'll be either two individual episodes or one giant episode. Um, I would love to hear any and all of your feedback on what that posting schedule is. With that being said, there is one more story I have to cover and it's too good not to get to. So just, if just stay strapped in just for this little bit, or you know what it's, we're, we're essentially pulling into the parking lot. You can unclip, but we got to find a parking space before we can park this episode. Okay. Stick with me. You're going to love it. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers just went Morpheus from the Matrix on the entire on everybody. Okay, so first of all, he did the whole "I own you." I've always bleep and owned you. This is like to the Chicago fans that went viral, and people had all their own thoughts. I thought it was awesome. Then he does he, on Tuesdays. He's on the Pat McAfee show. He goes on Pat's show, and he does an interview, and he and then he gets all philosophical and even a little metaphysical and. I found that there was an article on the Daily Wire and I'm going to go through, but then there's also the interview. I'll link to that. It's about 40 minutes, but really it's from about the six and a half minute mark to maybe the 15 minute mark. I didn't pay attention to where it stopped, but it's really only about an eight to 10 minute clip that would they talk about this specifically. And then, and then they go into just like generic football stuff. So uh, start about the six and a half minute mark. If you're going to watch the video and then just watch until they, 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 you can tell when they shift gears. I want to say it's about 10 minutes. It might be more than that. But 
Then he goes, he goes next level. And the Daily Wire article, I think, sums it up the best because I was potentially going to play a little three-minute clip of him talking, but the, the article did it the best. And the article is titled, I'm not a part of this woke cancel culture. Aaron Rodgers speaks after legendary trash talk moments, which, by the way, Pat rightly pointed out, Pat McAfee, he said he thinks this, that moment goes down with the T.O. Um, pulling out a Sharpie, with a lot of these other iconic celebration moments or trash talk moments. And, um, you know, the Marshawn Lynch uh, after his epic run diving in the end zone. Uh, so I, I agree. I think this is one of the best and I love, I love what happened. And then now I love his response, right? So, you know, uh, the Green Bay, it was the Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears. If you don't know, they're huge rivals. They have been, they have a hundred year rivalry. It's a big, big thing, right? So to give you the context, just in case you didn't know about this, which if you didn't, you're living under a rock. Uh, he scored a six yard touchdown. Um, it was a run of his, they, you know, and all the fans are flipping them off, shouting expletives. And then he goes, all my effing life, I own you. Rogers shouted after scoring from six yards out. I still own you. I still own you, he repeats. So, and rightly, and I love this breakdown. The article says, hilarious, fantastic, legendary. Agreed, 100%. Right? So most people glorified the moment. Um, there was obviously that small sect that they didn't like uh, what he said to Bears fan. So then th this is, this is the, uh, this would have been Tuesday. So two days later on the Pat McAfee show where he does Rogers Tuesdays, he, he talked about it. Um, and Aaron said, you know, there's a PC woke culture that exists. There's a cancel culture at the same time. And it's based on people's own feelings of maybe personal misery or distaste for their own situations or life, or just the enjoyment of holding other people down underneath their thumb. And I'm like, okay. First of all, spot on, hitting a dinger right there. That is, that is a home run of a statement. And then he goes on to elaborate, and he points out, uh, Rogers pointed to the fact that there's no winning when it comes to the woke culture. He was, you know, if you go, go back to the offseason, he, uh, I'll just read this article. Rogers was the subject of months-long conversations surrounding the way he handled the offseason, in which he took some time away from football as a rip between Rogers and the organization played out. He says, when you engage in this, and this is his quote, when you engage in this culture, you're immersed in it, and you're in it so much. For me, when I took time in the offseason to work on myself and to work on my mental status and to get myself in the right frame of mind, I was being selfish or non-responsive, selfish, and entitled. When I came back and said what I said, the same sentiments were shared. Pick a topic from my family to my leadership style. They run with these stories, and when I respond to it, then I'm being sensitive. And I think he's exactly right. It's a lose-lose situation. Ignore it, and guess what? You're going into a hole or you're not saying anything, so it must be true. You're guilty, right? Or when you, if you address it openly and honestly, i.e. not how they want you to address it, right? They, what this has always been about is compliance and power, getting you to say and do how we want you to speak and act. And Rogers, not playing that game, uh, points out that when you don't play that game, you lose either way. You don't respond, they criticize you. You do respond, oh my gosh, how could you say such a thing? And it's hilarious. It's kind of similar to the, to the John Gruden joke I made on uh, Wednesday's episode, Thursday, whatever today is, uh, Wednesday's episode. 
And then he goes to point out he's not a part of the PC woke culture and he refuses to play the game. And this is where he becomes, or actually, this is where he reveals he is Morpheus from the Matrix and he is playing 4D chess. This is, this is, Aaron, this is what he said. There's a game within the game. If the player abides by the rules of the game, he is a part of the game. The rules of, of the game are you must acquiesce with the woke mob at all times. You must. However, when you live above the game, the game does not exist, and that's where I'm at. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, it, it takes me back to the scene. Um, you know, you cannot bend a spoon. It is impossible to bend the spoon. But when you, can, when you are faced with reality that there is no spoon, then the spoon you know, you can manipulate it. I don't know. I don't remember the quote, but it's a little, the spoon kid from the matrix or just, you know, Morpheus talking about reality as we know it. Uh, but it, Rogers goes on. I'm not a part of this game that's being played. This game is being played out by these individuals. I see it. I hear it. But to me, it's comedy. Holy crap. Yes. Morpheus. What's our next mission? I, I want to, I'm, I'm trying to get on the Nebuchadnezzar with Aaron Rodgers, AKA Morpheus here. And release more people from the Matrix. Who's with me? Um, and the article says, Trash talk is a wonderful part of sports. Though the more media and fans continue to dissect every little thing that is said, the less we'll hear it. I agree. I think trash talk is an inherent, wonderful part of sports. And it, it's, it's funny. And actually, I'm not going to spoil it. I about spoiled the next part. Rogers goes on to point out exactly the problem here. Are we getting that soft as a society? This is him, by the way, speaking. That we can't have a back and forth now? Somebody can pay for a ticket and say whatever the hell they want, which I think they should be able to, but the one time you say something back to them that gets caught on a hot mic, now I've disrespected an entire city, an entire organization, my organization, and then that's where this quote at least cuts off. I'm not a part of this woke cancel culture that tries to silence people all the time. Amen, Aaron Rodgers. Holy cow, Morpheus. You are unplugged from the Matrix. We are in here. We, you operate within the Matrix, but you are not a part of the Matrix. You are not permanently plugged in. You are aware that you are in the Matrix. Aaron Rodgers is now Morpheus. I'm dubbing him Morpheus. And I want to see all the Morpheus memes that come. I, want, I, I don't know if they're being picked up on the internet, but they should be in that clip. The the game one. There's a game within the game. <laughs> he's either Morpheus or he's um, Leonardo DiCaprio from Inception. One or the other. Aaron Rodgers is playing some 40 chess, and I'm about it, and I'm here for it. But I, I will close with the sentiment. I agree completely. It's kind of funny how we've gotten to this point where you know the NBA saw it more so than the NFL because the fans, first of all, it still blows my mind that we allow fans as close as we do. Like It's literally, you could reach out and hit these guys, but... It also proves the point that when you do put people in that situation, they know the consequences are dire if they do step out of line, and so they respect those boundaries. It's kind of like people are smart enough to assess the risk themselves, um, not to, you know, if, if, you smell, if you smell what I'm stepping in right here and the, the cross point I'm trying to make uh, and allude to other things, then yeah, you should, uh, I'll let you do with that what you will. I'm not going to explain it out. You can figure it out for yourself, but where you had fans saying things and then you'd have players reacting and, and looking right back at and talking right back at them. And, you know, it's funny. It's like, what does the NBA do? Well, now you're seeing at first, you know, the players are getting in trouble and they're like, how are we getting in trouble? First of all, 
inherent part of sports is trash talk, is back and forth. That is part, that is literally, for me, that is baked into the DNA. That is part of the DNA of sport and what makes it fun. Yeah, it sucks when you lose and nobody likes to be trash talk too, but that's motivation to win. Also, it feels great to be able to talk some trash and back it up or talk some trash after you have already put in the work and you have shown that you are better, that you won. And I think it's fun. And I, I will say there's definitely a line where it can go too far, you know, if you want to get too personal about people's families or something like that. But if you want to, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, he, it's not in the article, but I watched the interview and he talks about it. He's like, you know, I've heard some crazy creative stuff. People get some, some real strings of some words that you would never imagine together. And part of that, I just look at that and laugh. If you can take it, if you can take it as, you know, like, eh, that's just whatever, you know, brush it off. It's really funny. And I would... For me, being in, if I were in that position, you know, and hearing some, <laughs> hearing something you maybe never heard before, even though it's directed at you, it's like, hats off to you, you know, kind of that situation. Like, look, I may not like you, but I respect you, you know. It's like, I was never really a, I was never a Lakers or, or or a Kobe fan, at least in the sense of like, or I wasn't a Lakers fan necessarily, but I I respected the crap out of Kobe, and honestly was you know a Kobe fan, or more so later, but. Uh, I guess LeBron would be the better example. Like, I respect the heck out of LeBron. And, and of course, he's one of the greatest ever play, possibly the greatest, but uh, I'm not necessarily a fan. And, you know, that's similar sort of idea there is, like, you can you can take one and just and just laugh at it, but also at the same time, it's like, why are they screaming at you? Well, it's because, I mean, you've done something. You're there. Like, with him, he just scored a touchdown on them. They're pissed. And then so he fires right back and says, what you going to do? I own you. And, and what, what does it make now? And I think, too, the other, other important thing to remember is that he's it's more of a minority here. Everything I saw, people freaking loved it, right? So it's more of a small subset. But it's, a, but it's that same small subset who a lot of times propagates a mob, if you will, of online uh, spineless cowards to go and try and attack someone and derail their whole lives. And that's why we must still talk about it. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is Morpheus. That was incredible. He said it better than uh, I could probably ever say it. Uh, I'm a fan of trash talking sports. We need to let it fly. I don't think, like, for instance, he doesn't think that those fans should get banned and, and, he, and he shouldn't get in trouble. Like, he said, no, I think that they're entitled to do that, Just and I should be entitled to you know, give some chippy responses. I understand the notion too of maybe, you know, you don't want to let it go too much. Kind of like refs have to break up players before it escalates. But for the most part here, I mean, it's one statement there, one statement back. And then I think it should be cut off after that. Now, if you keep going, that's when you should maybe be considered to be, you know, be like, Hey, that was taken way too far. And, but that's, that's what we're going to close today's show. Thank you for sticking around for that extra 10-ish minutes or so. We finally found a good parking spot. We backed in. It's in the shade. Um, it, it's going to keep things PDFG here. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. Remember to chime in with your thoughts on what, how, how we should execute the trying, the tasting, and then possibly the drinking or chugging of the flaming Hot Mountain Dew. Because that is around the corner. I don't know. I mean, it might happen in a month. It might happen in two weeks. It just depends on on how this feedback comes in and what I'm able to arrange and, and how things unfold. But I'd rather do it sooner than later, as I'm sure you would. But 
we'll just see how things go. So chime in with what you think. Send me any gas station stories, uh, any fun Mormon, or I guess we can expand that to just religious conversion stories or multi-level <laughs> multi-level marketing salvation stories, if you will. Um, any and all stories you might have, I uh, would love to hear, and any and all feedback, as always, is welcome. But that does it for this weekly dose of weird. Should get you through to next week. We'll possibly change up the schedule, too, so if you want to do that, all the links to everything can be found in the description. Remember to go to the website, follow us, stay in touch, send in any and all of your thoughts. Become a part of the conversation. And a quick teaser, I may, speaking of, I may have a conversation coming out with a listener who's also a friend, who said, I want to be on the podcast. I want to talk about this. I've got this to talk about. And guess what we did? We made a podcast about it. And it'll be, it's right around the corner, going to be coming up probably in the next week or so. So be on the lookout for that. And if you want to come on the podcast because you have something to talk about, hit me up. You never know, right? You may not want to start. It may not be something worth starting your own, but I'll be happy to feature it on here. So thanks for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. This is your head Hanyak. Signing off.